in some circles, the word why is avoided. And, and there are actually some really good reasons for that. It can be off-putting and tends to put us on the defensive when we're trying to rationalize our position on a subject, right? Why did you do that? Why is that important? And, and so you get the idea. And so it makes sense that why, you're why are you buying a business might immediately make us uncomfortable as entrepreneurs. Answering this question though, isn't about justifying a position or defense of a position. It isn't about defending that at all. It isn't even about answering somebody else who might pose the question to you. It's all about you and understanding what's driving you to take the entrepreneurial leap. Hi, business owners and entrepreneurs. Welcome to Business Beyond DIY, where we get from here to what comes next. I'm your host, Stephen Krause, and I'm a business person by trade, education, and passion. And I'm here to help you increase the value of your entrepreneurial journey. The Business Beyond DIY live stream and podcast is about understanding and developing the value of business, your business. So let's get started. So why ask why in the first place? Well, there's three things I wanna talk about today where why really matters to us as entrepreneurs from the very beginning. And you can talk about this when you're starting a business. Today, we're talking about it when you go to buy a business, an existing enterprise, whether it's a, a small mom and pop shop that is selling you know, something, uh, you know, kitchen supplies somewhere, or whether it's a, a larger business that's manufacturing something that's sold worldwide, it doesn't matter. Understanding why you want to participate in that is really important. And the three reasons we're going to talk about today are clarity of purpose, momentum, and boundaries. So let's talk about them. The first thing we're going to talk about is that, um, that clarity of purpose part. And I, I actually like to call it fitness. We're not talking about physical fitness here per se, but we're talking about, are you fit to run that business? And that's not a judgment. It's a question, right? It's an understanding of where are your skills and interests best suited when it comes to becoming an entrepreneur. I'm not a dentist. I don't know the dentist, the, the dental industry. I don't have a dentist's degree. I don't know the issues involved with being a dentist or running a dentist's office. I don't understand the supply chain. I'm not qualified to buy a dental practice. That doesn't make me less of a business person. It means I'm not qualified to run that kind of business. Okay. So, and, and even take one step further, does, is that where your interests lie? You know, is it your passion to help people with dental health care? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, it doesn't matter. If it is, and all of those other things are something you can get your head around, then maybe that's a business for you. For me, that's an example of a business that I'm not qualified or prepared to run. So are you the one 
that's going to be able to move that business forward. Because once we start investing in a business, we invest two things, time and money. So we need a return on our investment, the return on the money that we've invested in a business, and we need a return on our time. And you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. So that's actually a more important consideration when you're talking about getting into a business. So step on top of that, the idea of does the business align with your values and your interests? So I talked about that a little bit, you know, in the dentist example, you know, is it something you're interested in doing? Uh, you really are going to have to understand the business well enough to recognize opportunities. How can I move this business forward? What are the opportunities in the marketplace that either um, I can implement what the original owner is already doing and I can understand why those are opportunities or more likely you're going to believe that you see opportunities and you're going to need to see opportunities that the current owner doesn't or doesn't have the resources or skill set to implement. We also have to be able to see threats. What is going to cause, have a negative impact on this business? We have to be able to capitalize on strengths. What is this business really good at? What is that, um, that, that unique value proposition to use the, the, the lingo that makes this business special? How can I leverage that or continue to reinforce it or build on it in a way that will move the business forward? And then finally, we have to be able to identify and mitigate weaknesses. And I want to, I don't want to make a whole show about the SWOT analysis, but I do want to talk a little bit about weaknesses. Um, we don't want, I don't want you to think that you identify a weakness and then say, okay, I've got to plug that hole. I've got to fix that weakness. Um, every business is going to have something they're not good at. And it is much more important to leverage your strengths and identify and execute on opportunities than it is to spend your time figuring out how to fix what you identify as broken. If something's really broken, maybe it does need to get fixed. That's possible. But you have to measure that energy that you're going to spend fixing that problem against the results you would get if you put that same energy towards capitalizing on what you're good at, where your real value proposition is. So that's all I'm going to say about that, but I think it's important to consider. So a good fit for a business aligns with your values, your interests, and your experience enough so that you can move the business forward. And that's not to say you have to be a complete expert in a specific field in order to run a business. Let's go back to the cooking store example. Do you have to be a Michelin level chef to own and operate a kitchen appliance store or a, kitchen, a cutlery store or something like that? Of course not. But you are going to need to understand enough about 
what you sell to identify opportunities, threats, strengths, and weaknesses. And that's what's important. So you do have to have enough experience with a business to be able to make good decisions around that business. So you can even say, I don't know anything about cooking, but I'm going to look at the numbers and I'm going to have an expert store manager. That can work, but it puts you at risk of either a store manager that doesn't actually know as much as you think they do or doesn't execute on the same agenda that you have. And you can't identify those discrepancies very quickly because you aren't a subject matter expert. So there's a risk there. It's not impossible, but there is risk. Okay, so that's fit. We wanna get a business that we know well enough to make good decisions around it. Okay, that's the bottom line. The next thing I want to talk about is that idea uh, that I that I mentioned earlier about momentum, and uh, this comes, you know, you can almost think of this as what's going to get you out of bed in the morning. And when things are going well, you know, maybe getting out of the bed in the morning isn't isn't a big deal at all, right? Things are going well. You get up, you do your job, and um, but if you find yourself getting out of bed because you're well-disciplined, then that opportunity, that entrepreneurial opportunity, I would say probably isn't right for you. And here's why I say that. Um, it, that's not meant to be a judgment. The whole idea is there are a tremendous amount of entrepreneurial opportunities. There's no shortage of businesses to start or buy. And so there's no reason to pigeonhole yourself into something that you're not comfortable with, that you don't love, that you don't love doing. And so you might want to pick a different business if discipline is what's getting you out of bed, because things are going to get tough. You cannot, you're not going to be an entrepreneur uh, and always have good times. Uh, and, and money, generally speaking, in my experience, money's not enough. And there's no guarantee that the money part is going to happen anyway. As a business owner, there's, there's no promise of that. So you're going to end up in a situation where you have supply shortages uh, or employee issues. Uh, and sometimes you're going to have employee issues where uh, I've had uh, times where employees left because they wanted to pursue something that I couldn't offer because my current business, it, and as, as larger business owners, you know, and, and the, the Fortune 500s or whatever, it's very easy to say or suggest that there's this, you know, always make room and space for employees to move into something they enjoy. And that's great. You know, if you can do it, more power to you. But as a small business owner, that's not real. Okay, we do a very narrowly set uh, group of activities as small business owners, and that's what we need. If we have an employee that starts with us, does a wonderful job, and then moves beyond what we can 
uh, offer them if they are if they grow as a as a person as an employee as a professional into something that we can't support um, then they need to move on if we try to keep them we're holding them back from doing their best from becoming their best self for themselves and their families and for somebody who can really appreciate them as an employer right and those those are people that you just you you don't want to lose them because generally speaking they're very motivated uh, high performers but it is really important not to hold them back and there are other things we can do to to sort of minimize the the damage from an employee like that leaving and that's but that's not the the subject today but that's one but it is a serious impact on your business when you have a great employee that moves on to do something great somewhere else and our job as employers is to be happy for them to support them and then in the background go oh, crap what am i going to do about this now because i need to figure out how to fill that gap all right Sometimes employees leave because you need them to. Either you don't have money to pay them and you have to lay them off, or they're not a good fit for the business and you have to get rid of them, you have to fire them. That happens, okay? So, you know, you may have employee issues. You're gonna have market pressure, competitive pressure, um, alternatives to your offering. One of the misconceptions about uh, business, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, is that uh, the competition for a bicycle store is another bicycle store yes that's one form of competition but the kayak store down the way is also competition the mountain climbing store down the way is also competition because it competes with the same dollars in the family budget the same general interest area for a consumer you know, we can go bicycle riding or we can go kayaking. And I reckon, <clears throat> excuse me, I recognize that these are different sports, but they're alternatives to each other. And so they compete. And uh, so when things get tough, when you have to start answering those questions or dealing with those situations, and there are many more that I didn't list, you know, that's when your business needs you the most. And are you prepared to show up then? So that's number two, is that momentum. How do we keep things going when things aren't going great? The last thing I want to touch on is this concept of negotiation. Understanding why you want to buy a business gives you the power of putting together boundaries and setting those up for yourself so that you know when you can say no and you know what you can say yes to as well. And what makes boundaries important? When you get to a sticking point in a, in a negotiation and you say, well, I don't, feel comfortable with X. If your counterpart doesn't understand immediately and assign the same value to that topic, 
it's very likely that they're going to try and pick apart your argument. And if they're good at it, and you don't have a really clear understanding of why that isn't okay with you, you can find yourself in the position where you're like, well, maybe that wasn't really very important. And that is a very weak negotiating position to be in. And I'm not talking about getting everything or, or um, pushing for that last dollar. I'm talking about understanding and being able to articulate what matters to you and being able to stick to that in the face of discomfort, which is a good part of negotiation is getting to the points of discomfort and saying, okay, I'm going to sit here in this discomfort because that's the line that I've drawn and that's okay. So when my wife and I, uh, we bought a company a few years ago, um, and we made an agreement that we wouldn't go into debt to buy this company. And, you know, we had to push that. We had to say, okay, are we, are we really willing to walk away from this deal in order to prevent us from violating that piece of our agreement? And we were, and we, we, the, the deal went through and that was all fine, but that was a place we were not willing to go. And we understood that because we understood the value of the opportunity to us. So part of our why was, why are we going to buy this business? We're going to be willing to put how much into it? And then at that point, if it's, if the value of the business is more than that, then our why isn't good enough to buy it. And that's okay. Someone else's why can be good enough to buy it. That's fine. You know, we can move on to another opportunity. In that case, we were able to close the deal, but I had another opportunity, uh, um, a few years before that, and quite a number of years before that, where I was going to buy a local store and the owner wanted to continue to work in the business. And I said, no. Um, and I understood why that wasn't going to help me move that business forward. Um, and we can have a whole discussion about why that mattered and why it was important. But the point was that was on my list of non-negotiable items. And I understood that because I wanted, because I understood why I was going to buy that business and that deal did not go through. And that was one of the major sticking points that we could not cross. We, we just couldn't fix that. Um, and so, and, and that's, I, I think it's really important to understand that that's okay. Understanding your why gives you the power to walk away. And that's huge in negotiation. And I'm not talking about the, the um, made up drama of walking off and, and, and uh, having your counterpart chase after you. I'm not into that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being okay in here saying, you know what? I'm okay with this not working out uh, because there are other things that I can do with my time other things that I value. And if the deal isn't the right one for me, because it doesn't meet my why, then I need to find something else. I don't need to force a square peg into a round hole um, because my why matters. 
it matters to me. So there's three things I always talk about when I uh, when it comes to business, and that's practicality, actionability, and sustainability. And I want to talk about you know how does all of this why become practical, actionable, and sustainable. And the first thing is understanding why you want a business may appear to be a 30,000 foot view issue. And I think that actually it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, it doesn't get more practical than understanding why you wanna do something every single day. What drives a good business fit means that we're going to uh, be able to find a match that we can best leverage. That's when we can leverage a business in a, in a positive way we increase the business's ability to impact the, the economy. If it's, if it's a retail business that sells kitchenware uh, and we do well, we add to the economic value in that area. We add to the tax revenue, we add to the uh, employee uh, count, whatever it is, we bring more to the table in that area we bring more to ourselves if we can leverage it because we're able to generate personal wealth from that operation as well. And so it's, it, it's being able to, to find a business that you really is a good fit allows you to leverage that and, and get the most out of it. It also is a point of what's going to give us the most motivation and allow us to bring our best selves to work on the worst days. Now, let me say that again. When you have trouble, you wanna be able to bring your best self to work on your worst days. And understanding why you did it in the first place is a key component of that. And then finally, why puts us in a strong and authentic negotiating position when it comes to what we can, how we say yes and no, or what we can say yes and no to with confidence and comfort. So I think it, it really is one of the most practical things that we can do as a business owner, or as a, a would-be business owner, is engage this concept of why and, uh, and get clear on it before we move into that uh, while we're looking for a business and then when we enter into the negotiation stage. So what action can you take? Is there, is there something we can actually do to, uh, to dig into this? Well, you know, identify what you value in a business and whether this can take whatever form works for you. And that's one of the things that I stress all the time with people is, the tools that we use, the ones that are gonna work for you are the ones that you should be using. Don't watch a video, don't watch my videos and say, oh, Steve does this, so I should do that too. Forget that. I use a whiteboard for my Twitch show. You don't need to use a whiteboard to do your job. You can use a notebook paper you can, or, or a notebook, you can use a, a napkin if that works for you. So, um, but the idea is for single use, like if you're going to, to uh, let's say you're going down the road of buying that kitchen appliance store, okay? And 
we're, you know, we're kind of in this place where we're going to, con we're going to put down our why around that so that we can, we can negotiate with the owner and, and make the purchase. Get it on a whiteboard, write down your values. What, what's your go? What's your no go? What are you willing to do? What are you unwilling to do? You can type it up in a document. It doesn't matter as long as it's accessible to you in the moments that matter the most. And I guess I should touch on that. Uh, that brings to mind a, a little bit of a story. Um, when I was buying the company that I was referring to earlier, um, one of the things I did was uh, we, we did most of the negotiations completely remotely, whether it was uh, on a, a web conference system or by phone. And what I did was for each discussion that we were going to have, I wrote down what mattered to me in terms of the outcome of that discussion and in terms of uh, boundaries that I needed to have around that discussion. And then I wrote them down, whether it was on, uh, you know, most of the time I wrote it on a whiteboard so that I didn't have to be looking down at my notes to see, okay, that's where I need to be. And it helps to have those reminders in front of you when you're actually negotiating with someone. Now, if you're negotiating in person, that can, that can change a little bit because you can't have a whiteboard that says, you know, you, you could put some pretty private stuff on the whiteboard and that becomes inappropriate or not helpful uh, for your own side. But, um, you know, use the tool that works for you in the situation that you have. And you can certainly note in a notebook that you keep in front of you, even in an in-person meeting, where you can have phrases that mean something to you that are meaningless to the counterpart. And that's a, a good way to keep that, uh, keep those things in, in the top of your mind while you're in those discussions. So again, we go back to what is the tool that's going to work for you in the situation that you're going to find yourself in? Doesn't matter what it is. If it works for you, it works. Longer term, I think it's important to recognize that we change. As people, we we grow and we learn and we find different things matter to us. Um, you know, certainly things, different things mattered to me before I had kids than after I had kids. And that's not an indictment of people without children. It's not an indictment of people with children. It's just a change in perspective that affects what you value. Okay. And so uh, I, I think, you know, you can keep a notebook if you want to about the things that matter to you, journal. You know, it's, it's a perspective that you need to keep updating yourself on so that as things become issues for you in your business, you can say, okay, does, you know, how, what are my feelings about that? Um, and, I just think it's important to, to keep that in your mind. It, it's not something that I'm, I'm going to, you know, I don't keep a whiteboard of all of my values in case that comes up every day, but it is something that if you need to, if you, if you're thinking longer term, um, I think the most important thing is to understand that 
your values during the negotiations of one business may not be the same when you do your next business because you may grow and change and the experience of buying and running a business may change your perspective on what you want to deal with as you buy your next business. I think that's important to recognize as well. All right. And then, so we talk about sustainability and I think uh, going back to this whole concept of your why can change, um, you know, sustainability when it comes to your why is about maintaining your core principles, understanding what's valuable to you as a person. And yes, to some degree that can shift, but identifying and understanding those things can help you, um, you know, certainly when we talk about the negotiation process, having what matters to you written down is the sustainability. You need it. Um, you just need it in place long enough to get the deal complete. And then, you know, whether or not it's written down, you know, no, well, I won't say nobody, but people aren't going to open a, 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 an online document in the morning before they get out of bed and go, okay, how come I'm going to work today? Cause yesterday sucked. That's not going to happen. We need, that needs to be intrinsic. But when you're getting through a specific issue, like an acquisition, having that available to you, um, that you can reference on a regular basis so that you do stay on track. That's important. So when it comes to sustainability, um, you know, keeping it handy when it's current, when it's something you're dealing with, I think that's important. Um, and if you understand, if you truly do this exercise and you understand why you want to buy a business, that's not going to change in the short term. You know, your, your motivations may change in the long term, but in the time it takes to acquire a business, even if it takes a year, generally speaking, you're going to be, you're going to have the same values you know, in a year that you did at the beginning. All right. So I, I think as, as we go through this, there's, there's really three things that we talked about. One is you want to find the best fit. And we want that because we can best leverage a good fit. And the best leverage is good for us as entrepreneurs. It's good for our employees as business owners. We can do better for our employees if our business is doing well, and we can do better for the local economy because our business is doing well. And we can also improve the impact that we're having with our business. Most of the entrepreneurs that I know are not in it to, be, to become rich. Making money is great. It's important, but it's the impact the positive impact on our customers that brings us to work every day. And so we can do that better if we're best matched to our business. And then we go back to, you know, that whole idea of motivation. What, what is going to get us out of our, uh, out of bed? What's going to help us bring our best self to the business on our worst days. That's important. That momentum that I talked about. And then finally, what's going to provide us with the boundaries that we need when we're negotiating so that we can negotiate with confidence, either yes or no. 
we can confidently agree to something or confidently say, I'm gonna have to decline. I wanna make something else really clear before I wrap up today. You don't owe a rationalization of your why to anyone, okay? Your why is yours. And so you don't owe them an explanation. You know, your counterpart across the negotiating table, if they say, why does that matter to you? You don't owe them that. You can try to explain to them what makes that important, but I think it's really critical to remember that you don't owe them an explanation of your why. You can walk away from saying something and ju just say, I'm not willing to do that. Now, if you can't discuss it any further, you may put a hard stop on a negotiation and that's okay. Now, if that's not okay with you, then you need to back away from that conversation long enough to articulate what needs to be said. This is not a podcast or a live stream about negotiation, but, uh, and that's a big deal. Uh, negotiation is a whole, you know, that's a whole field unto itself. But you can redirect the conversation around the facts that matter to your counterpart without having to defend yourself. And I think that the importance is to stay out of the defensive mode when somebody starts to push up against your why and say, uh, you know, you need to defend that. Well, no, you really don't. You know, if you want the deal to go through, you may have to articulate something that affects the, the, your counterpart. You may have to discuss an issue related to the buy, but your why is yours. And you don't owe anybody a defense over it. All right, your business is important. For more from me about building business value, you can connect with me on social on the social platform that you use in the links below, either in the uh, description for the video or in the podcast description notes. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for the hard work that you do. I'm looking forward to our entrepreneurial journey together. Remember that doing it yourself doesn't mean going it alone.